Yeah, I just worked nine and a half hours, which is the longest shift I've ever had to work at once. Um, I guess Gross. if you don't if you don't count like like tech days for shows, which I don't I know if I would count that as work. But yeah. So that's where I'm coming from tonight. <laughs> Gross. Yeah. I have to work at eight o'clock in the morning. Oh boy. So that's fun. It's okay. You don't go to bed until like 3 a.m. anyways. Exactly. It's going to be great. <laughs> All right. Well, welcome back, guys. My name's Kevin. And I'm Mickey. And this is Who's Got the Sign, a podcast where we talk about different characters from our favorite pieces of media, whether that be movies, TV shows, musicals, whatever, and ascribe specific sun, moon, and rising signs to them. And today we're going to be covering the second half of our characters from the titular show, The 100. Uh, last week we talked about all the female main characters and then some of the side characters from the first two seasons. And this week we're going to be doing that with the male characters. If you haven't seen the show, I'm going to tell you right now, I've seen it twice all the way through and more. So... I will be spoiling things. Probably more than I intend to. We're going to try to keep... So, for this podcast, and I talked about it last week too, is I haven't seen the show all the way through, so I just watched up to the end of season two for this podcast. So we're trying to keep spoilers limited to at least what happens in the first two seasons, but if there's some... Uh, spoilers for things that happen in later seasons those are just kind of unavoidable sometimes so if you want to go into the show 100% blind um, I would definitely recommend going and watching the show first before listening those are just kind of unavoidable sometimes don't shade me like this (laughs) listen sometimes you know when you love something you just get really into it and then you can't stop yourself from saying things you probably shouldn't say <laughs> also i just don't know how to shut up so there's also that to be fair you did a pretty good job with the girls of not spoiling stuff but i feel I, like there are some characters so in here. <laughs> i feel like there are some characters in here that like you're gonna have a hard time not spoiling things about for the the worst one for me in last week's episode was Raven because I love her so much but also like none of the good stuff happens to her in the first two seasons it's all later yeah she so was just like reading I <laughs> couldn't she, say anything she doesn't have a lot to do in the first two seasons unfortunately she is a criminally underused character Just before we start, and I say this at the beginning of every podcast, so this point is probably redundant, but um, we are going to be talking about all, maybe not all, but most of the star signs tonight, and we're going to be discussing both the positive and negative ways they relate to a character, and just because we say something negative about a star sign does not mean that we think that is negatively representing everyone who is in that star sign. You know, I am a Sagittarius sun Taurus moon Gemini rising and I'm sure that I will have negative things to say about all of those at some point Um, but it doesn't reflect negatively on all people who are under that sign 
And along the same lines, I am a Scorpio sun, Sagittarius moon, and Libra rising. And I know for a fact that I'm going to dunk on Scorpio suns in a minute, so... Well, without further ado, do you want to introduce our first character of the night? Alrighty. So, we're going to start off with the most important male character? Question mark. I say that with a question mark because I don't agree, but that is how it, the show is written. But that's a whole other can of worms I'm not going to open right now. So this character goes by the name of Bellamy Blake. He is like one of the quote-unquote leaders of the hundred, primarily just because no one wants to listen to Clark at the beginning, and he takes over because he's the only adult. He sneaks onto the dropship because his little sister is on there. Now, he is literally the only person in existence on the Ark who has a sister. Because there's a rule on the Ark where you can only have one kid. And that's why his sister was in prison in the first place, is because she existed. So he goes to protect her, and basically his entire goal is to, like screw over the people that are still up on the Ark because they never cared about him and crew over Octavia, who's his sister, because he treats her like she is a baby duckling and can't do anything for herself. So, for for Bellamy, I, I assigned him um, Scorpio, Sun, Taurus, Moon, and Aries Rising. Okay, well, this is interesting. I mean, Mickey and I had talked a bit about this before the episode started, um, that we thought we would have somewhat similar answers. And I guess we do. Mine are just in a bit of a different um, order. So I actually had Bellamy down as an Aries sun, a Scorpio moon, and a Leo rising. Really? Yes. Okay. So I had a little bit of a hard time assigning a sun sign to Bellamy and I really don't know why that was I just couldn't figure it out um I ended up going with Scorpio because there's aspects of it that I'm scrolling hang on there we go <laughs> there's aspects of it where it's like all about being super intense and stubborn and that's pretty much just Bellamy to a T especially in the first season then there was also a part that's, like, extreme self-sacrifice for those they love, which doesn't necessarily apply in this particular moment in time, unless we're talking about him sneaking into Mount Weather. But there is a point. <laughs> and then it says, if anyone threatens their loved ones in any way, they feel that they too are being threatened. Reminds me of how horrifically aggressive he is towards Lincoln when they first meet him because he thinks that Lincoln is like out to get them all and is just taking advantage of Octavia when that's not the case at all. He's just a dumbass who thinks the worst automatically. It says um, under criticism they lose all sense of judgment so like they just think that everything is the worst that it can possibly be if someone calls them out on something. And I don't necessarily know how true that is for Bellamy, but I feel like it could be if he was in a less, a lower stakes situation than literal apocalypse twice. But yeah, that's why I went that way. 
I said Aries for his son, and I actually, I think Bellamy is a very, like, fire sign kind of character, which is, like, why I put two out of the three signs here are fire signs, and then Scorpio, which is, like, it's a water sign, but, like, kind of also a fire sign at the same time. Scorpio wishes it was a fire sign. It's close enough. I mean, it's right next to Sagittarius. If you think about it that way. Yeah. (laughs) All of the water signs are right next to a fire sign. I mean, you're right. (laughs) But I said fire sign because I feel like the way we see Bellamy in the first two seasons is very much this person who kind of is a de facto leader in a lot of situations. Because he's the only adult. Yes, because he's the only adult. But when we first see the hundred crash land on Earth, um, and they don't really know what they're going to do yet, or how they're going to survive, or what their goals are, Bellamy kind of takes on this leadership role out of the hundred and kind of leads them into doing whatever they want. Because secretly, Bellamy doesn't really want the he doesn't want everybody from the Ark coming down to the Earth because the way he got onto the dropship to come down to Earth was shooting the Chancellor so he could join Octavia on the dropship so she wouldn't be going to Earth by her by herself. Of course, lo- he thinks he killed him, yes, but he, he didn't did. because that man can't die for some reason. Yeah, we'll get to Jaha. We'll get to that later. later. But we, so I feel like with the the description of Ares' sons, where they're very, like, action-motivated, they like to take the initiative and plunge into things without a lot of thought put into them. I feel like that describes Bellamy a lot, because he thinks that he's making good decisions, and he thinks that he's, like, this great leader and this person who can take charge. But a lot of the time, his actions in those situations end up putting himself or other people in harm's way. I think of him trying to encourage Charlotte in the first season to, like, fight her demons and to... Slay your demons! Yes, slay your demons, which ultimately leads to Charlotte killing Wells and, like... Not even just killing him, brutally. Yeah, Stabbing this man in the throat. Brutally killing Wells and then getting herself killed because of that. Um, So I feel like he very much is, like, not a person who puts a lot of thought into what he does. But I do think he's a very, like, in-the-moment kind of person who, like, expresses himself very actively, which, again, are Aries' sun traits. And then the other part of that that I saw on him is that he has this kind of, like, childlike quality to him. You think? I do think so, because, like, I think the way he acts, like... The when I was rewatching through the first season, the the um relation I saw between like the way Bellamy acted with the hundred when they first dropped down, like was very Lord of the Flies to me. Like okay. very very much like, oh, we can do what we want and there are no rules and it doesn't matter what anybody thinks, just do what you want to do. And I feel like he just kind of has like that childlike quality to him of like wanting freedom. And I think a big part of that is because on the arc, he had to take care of Octavia and be this like adult figure growing up and not really having his own childhood due to that. And I feel like he has that childlike quality because it's coming out in his later age. Okay. I see what you're saying. And I think the reason that I was so shocked when you said it is because of the connotation of the word childlike as opposed to the word immature. 
which I yeah. think is more accurate. I think you yeah, know they basically mean so. the same thing. Yeah, that's more so what I mean. Yeah, so I, I see what you're saying. That's where I went rising with Bellamy because, like, me coming at it, I literally can't think of it just in the terms of the first two seasons. So I think of him in all seven seasons and how his character changes or doesn't change because, you know, writing. I won't get into that, but <laughs> <laughs> I could go off, but I won't. But I feel like some of the more intense and more, like, broody sides of Bellamy come out in, like, season five. So I think that's more why I saw Scorpio, because his character changes a lot in that, like, time skip that happens. And you don't get to see any of it, because time skips are stupid. But yeah, so I, I totally see what you're saying, and I think that's why I went for it for Rising, because that feels to me how he seems at the beginning and then the more that you see him considering that the show takes place over like 125 years give or take yeah <laughs> yeah i mean we, we're talking from two very different points of perspective here where i've only seen bellamy in two seasons where have you seen him in the whole show yeah. so i mean i'm inclined to agree with you based off of like what you've mm -hmm. seen i just think like our initial perspective of Bellamy feels very Aries-like to me. Yeah, I get that. There was I, I was looking at Aries for Sun for him at, for a while, and I almost did go with it. There was just stuff about, like, what's happening in the moment is the most important thing, and I feel like Bellamy very much thinks about, like, what's going to happen in the future, and that's why he takes charge and does things kind of impulsively is because he thinks that when the Ark is coming down, like, if the Ark comes down and all of the other people come, they th he thinks they're going to kill him. Because he thinks that he murdered the Chancellor. Which he didn't do, because he's a terrible shot. But, you know... Yeah, I, I can see what you're saying there. And, like, it relates back to, like, when Raven first comes down, like, his first thought is to destroy the radio that she has mm -hmm. so that, like, there's no way of contacting the Ark to motivate them to come down to the planet yeah there was a lot of there's a lot of things where it could go either way for him i feel like bellamy and murphy are very similar characters in certain respects and that's one of them being that like they just want to protect themselves and the people that they care about the most which in bellamy's case is just octavia at the beginning i'm good with going with your with your scorpio pick there dope I do still have it under my moon, and I guess I'll describe a bit about why I said that. Mm -hmm. So I saw I saw Scorpio a lot more in Bellamy's emotional side. I feel like even in the first two seasons, we see that he is a very like broody person who like when somebody does something to go against him or that he takes as an offense, he feels it very strongly and he's a very hard person to build trust with. Like, by the end of season two, him and Clark have developed a trust with each other, and they very mm -hmm. much trust, like, the other's decisions and, like, that they're, they have each other's best interest in heart. But the first season, it takes a very long time for them to get to that point. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, Murphy, um, which I, we'll talk about him later, but he does a lot of, like, tumultuous things in season one that make it very hard for Bellamy to trust him at all. Going my baby boy. We'll, we'll talk about him. 
But, you know, uh, the other traits of Scorpio moons are that they love and they hate with passion. Um, they're And they're very emotional people, but they kind of try to repress those emotions at the same time. And I feel like that makes sense with uh, Bellamy. You know, he he loves Octavia a lot, which is very clear. But mm-hmm. I don't think he always shows it openly. He tries to show it more through like his action of protecting her than letting her know that he has those feelings. You know, mm-hmm. they even have like a rift between them at some point in season one because Bellamy not wanting to explain why his fe- why he's upset with Octavia or why he feels so strongly about her not being a part of the group and trying to work with the grounders and all that he like retaliates and it's like you ruined my life like you being born was the day my life ended and I thought that happened oh god yeah and they event he eventually tells her at the end of season one he's like I lied when I said that that wasn't when my life ended that's when it began but I feel like that's the part of him like that's very difficult with his emotions that he doesn't want to show them immediately and it's hard for him to show them to people even Mm -hmm. though he is a very emotional person yeah i get that and i think i I went with sun there instead because i think that it's a lot more outward than internal for him so that's why i i picked like i knew there was a scorpio in there somewhere and that's why i put it for sun I had to look, I had to go back and reread the section about Taurus Moon because I couldn't remember why I picked it. But it's so everything is like his his emotional responses are held in and kept to himself, which I think is is what you were seeing with the intense broody sort of aspect of of Scorpio. Yeah. Um, but Taurus is very like fixed in beliefs so it says once you've formed a way of feeling about something you may be reluctant or unable to change it and i think that i pulled that out meaning like yeah octavia is his little sister and he's always going to see her as this shy little girl under the floor no matter what happens he doesn't want to see her as anything else so he sees her you know making out with Adam or befriending the grounders in Lincoln and he just immediately freaks out and thinks back to the time that he was having to protect her because otherwise she would be taken from him and I think it comes out kind of in a possessive or jealous kind of kind of way um and that's where I I I took that from from Taurus as well there's a lot about materialistic qualities in Taurus in every aspect, like in every placement. There's something about materialistic nature. And I don't see that with him at all. But I also don't see that in you. I think, and I mean, I don't want this to be just a podcast of me going, yeah, I'm going to agree with what you said. Um, but I, you know, mm-hmm. I do think like you have more knowledge of the show. So like, I think your perspective is a bit broader than mine. But I do see things about the Taurus in there that you're talking about. And I think, like, that materialistic thing doesn't always have to be, like, specifically about objects or wealth. Mm -hmm. I think in the case of someone like Bellamy, especially in, like, season one and season two, like, that is very much relating to, like, the group of the 100 and, like, feeling... His many conquests. Yeah. 
and feeling like very um, possessive over them and like wanting to be in charge of the group. And then also like building the um, camp around the bunker and being so, so hard headed about having to leave that at the end of season one to the point where like he's almost willing to risk everybody's life to just stay in that spot and to protect what he considers to be their land and they have a right to it so I feel like that's more so where that like possessive materialistic aspect of Taurus comes through for Bellamy makes sense see I see the word I see that I see the phrase material goods and I just think about like clothes and shoes and stuff and I feel like even in a modern world Bellamy just wouldn't care about that kind of thing but the way that you just were talking, that makes a lot of sense. And I definitely did just double down on what I was saying. Um, but there's also a thing where it says, you need a lot of affection and closeness, and this helps to assuage feelings of insecurity. But sometimes you hold on to people much too carefully so they feel they can't breathe. That just, that is the, the Blake's relationship in two sentences. Yes, it is. So... That yeah. was the that was the moment that I was like, yeah, okay, this. <laughs> yeah, I feel, I feel, I mean, there are things about um, Taurus moons and Scorpio moons that are similar between what we both said. I just think just, like I'm sitting here reading this and I'm like, I don't, I don't see you in this at all. And I know you just said you were a Taurus moon, so I'm like trying to, but I can't see it. Yeah, I mean, Brain I don't really confused. see it myself, but <laughs> I'm sure if I looked more into it um yeah i could probably explain why it's there but we're not looking at me right now (laughs) that's true i'm just sitting it's like while you're talking i'm like reading it and i'm like kevin where (laughs) but anyway i digress again you had aries for his rising correct okay basically because it's i just interrupted you i'm so sorry no it's okay i was just gonna ask why Basically because Aries is shown as the leader. It's the leader of the Zodiac. It's the first sign in the Zodiac. So Aries are typically shown to be a leader. And Aries rising, like I was saying, it's like the first impression that you get of Bellamy is he is taking charge. He's the one who's decided that they're going to get off the dropship. Like, he fights with Clark immediately because she's like, why are we leaving? And then he's just like, hey, little sister... Why don't you step on this ground that could be radioactive? So it's, the adjectives are brave, opinionated, and independent. Um, And I think those all scream, Bellamy. He has his opinions about the people on the Ark and about what they should be doing on the ground and why they shouldn't pay any attention to the Ark. Now, of course, he has those ulterior motives, meaning he doesn't want to die. But it also is an opinion on all of the people he's formed his opinions on clark he thinks that she's just a rich prissy girl kind of a thing even though money is not a thing on the arc um excuse my fan fiction bleeding in <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so it's like doing things um without thinking about it first and a big phrase is asking for forgiveness not permission So doing things because you want to and then apologizing later if things go badly. Which is kind of what he does, especially in the first season. Yeah, I said, I mean, I said Leo and there's a lot of similar reasons for Mm -hmm. why you said Aries as to why I I said Leo. You know, like you said, the tiger thing. Um, 
like Leo risings and being like the way people initially perceive you, like being very like the leader in a group, being very prideful and loyal to the people that you're close to and that you surround yourself Mm -hmm. with. Um, coming across as like enthusiastic but then also having those negative traits of like appearing arrogant and like indulgent Mm -hmm. in the world around them and I think that word like indulgent goes back to what we were talking about with the Taurus moon you know of him being very possessive over people and the camp Mm -hmm. and being in charge and all those things and you know, I do think that he is a loyal person. I think like when it comes to the people that he trusts the most, he's very loyal to them. And like yes. you even see it when like in the first season, there's excursions that Bellamy has with like a small group of the 100 who like he is very loyal to. He sticks to them and like tries to make sure that they stay alive and all that to varying levels of success. But... <laughs> You know, he, I, I just saw like Leo in there more for him than Aries, but that also might be because I initially had Aries as his sun sign. True. I think Leo is more like performative and bright than Aries. Like they're both fire signs, so they do have a lot of similarities. And it's like you were saying, like Bellamy just kind of screams, like not necessarily fire sign, but like flame like he's just a very hot-headed person yeah um so i definitely think fire something fire sign is right but i would argue that like performative and dramatic part of leo is even in him though because in the first season like there are moments where there's conflict between him and clark because they're trying to get the group of 100 to do different things and he'll (laughs) like he'll like put on speeches and like try to rally up the group to side with him by like going for their more emotional um emotionally driven thoughts rather than like what they might think is a more logical thing to do so i do think he has that in him i i I can see that it's just like the the fun aspect which is one of the adjectives that it gives on this page about leo's and i'm like he's not a fun person at all especially not not in the the beginning (laughs) um i mean unless you count all the girls he sleeps with um they probably think he's pretty fun he does sleep with a lot of the girls two of them at a time once gotta love that um but yeah i think the reason I laughed when you were talking is because I remembered the scene where they hang Murphy and he just kind of like is yelling at Clark and then she's like don't do it Bellamy don't kick the thing over don't make him choke and he's like he kicks it over and then he goes you did this you wanted this like no she didn't she did not want this she specifically said don't do this yes But he's there making a big show of it. Also, literally hanging a 17-year-old child for nothing. You fucking 21-year-old man trying to... 23. He is six years older. No. Yes, six. That's how math works. Six years older than pretty much everyone else, if not more than that. And he is acting like more of a child than half of them. So, you know... I have very mixed feelings about Bellamy as a character, 
most of it is just because the writing of his character is incredibly frustrating throughout the show. Basically, for those of you listening who don't know, he grows and grows and grows as a character, and then when they have nothing left for him to do, he just, like, reverts back to season one Bellamy for, like, five minutes um, and starts all over again. It's great. Because, you know, when you don't know what to do with the character, just do it again. <laughs> yeah, it worked once. Why doesn't it work three times? Um, so where where do you feel like you're leaning on his rising sign? Do you feel like it's more of a one or the other situation? Or I think are it you could still be either, but I think I'll give you this one. Okay. Um, because of the way that you explained it, it makes a lot of sense. Alrighty. So I'll go for Leo. All right. Then we would have a Scorpio sun, a Taurus moon, and a Leo rising here. He has your sun sign and my moon sign. Love to see it. Right. Clearly those things don't work that well together. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so for the next character we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about Jasper, who is He's another one of the... Boy. <laughs> what did you say? I said he is also my baby boy. You have many baby boys out of here. You're right. I have three. <laughs> three. <laughs> Um, I had, so Jasper is one of the characters who comes down off of the dropship with the other 100, and he goes out with Clark and Monty and Octavia and Finn when they first land to kind of explore the forest and see their surroundings and find out what they need to do. And in that situation, um, Jasper gets speared through the chest by one of the grounders, and the others have to kind of save him. And, like, bring him back to camp and nurse him back to health. And then over that time, you know, like, we don't see Jasper do a lot in season one. But we do see that, like, he is very resourceful. He's really good with working with his hands and, like, getting to, uh, getting along well with the other people. You know, like, we see his and Monty's relationship is really strong. And we also get, like, this kind of romance thing going on between him and Octavia for a little bit. I wish, I wish with all of my heart that that had gone further, because I think they'd be so cute. I do, too. She just, um, like, thought she was hot. <laughs> but, like, you um, know. And then in season two, um, which, spoilers, but when the group gets um, picked up by the Mount Weather people, and they're taken into their society, we see that Jasper is kind of the one who ingratiates himself into that group the easiest. Um, and when Clark eventually leaves um, Mount Weather and the um, Jasper and the other remaining hundred uh, dropship people are left in Mount Weather, he kind of adopts a leadership role among them. So we get to see him in that position as well, as well as seeing his relationship with a character named Maya and how that develops over time. And how he kind of like goes out of his way to try to help her, even though they could technically be seen on two opposing sides based on mm -hmm. like information in the series. Um, but yeah, so for Jasper, I had him down as a Scorpio sun, a Sagittarius moon and a Pisces rising. So I, I flip flopped it again. I had Sagittarius sun and then I had Scorpio or Cancer for Moon, I couldn't decide, uh, and Gemini Rising. Okay. 
So I, I also want to add before we get too far into this, um, Jasper and Monty grew up together in the same section of the arc and got arrested at the same time because they were stealing plants from the greenhouse. I bet you can imagine what kind of plants those were. <laughs> um, and they forgot to replace them, so they got arrested. Yeah, I feel like that plant thing is a good example of um, how... The kind like, of person Jasper is. The kind of person he is and how fucked up like the law system on the Ark was. That, like, that was enough to get them arrested. And like if they were old enough, possibly like floated. <laughs> oh, there's no possibly about it. If they were 18, they would have been dead. Because every punishment is death. Every punishment is death. Also, fun fact that I learned last night when I was doing the, like, quote-unquote research for this. Jasper was supposed to die in the pilot. And instead, he became one of the most important characters in the first two seasons. So, suck on that, I guess. <laughs> also, so, so Murphy wasn't supposed to be important either. So, there's that. But anyway. Yeah. I kind of wish he wasn't, and I know that's not the opinion you share, but like I said, don't we'll even get to... talk like that. We'll... Don't we'll... even talk like that. We'll get to Murphy when we get to Murphy. But I, so I think for this one, it might make sense for us to talk about the sun and moon kind of at the same time, since mm -hmm. we had them interchangeably. Yes. So I said Scorpio sun and Sagittarius moon, and for the sun, I said he was a Scorpio son because a lot of the traits about Scorpio sons are them being ambitious and resourceful, which uh, also being hard workers and having really strong minds, which again, I think that relates to Jasper. Um, I think the way we see him in season one, you know, that scene where they have to set up the rocket fuel in the, um, in, in the dropship when the grounders are attacking them and it was supposed to be Raven who did it, but because she was shot and she's too into Yeah, I was going to say, isn't that the scene that Raven gets shot? Yeah, so Raven gets shot by Murphy um, and <laughs> Jasper has to take over and like finish the repairs for the dropship to be able to set the rocket fuel off. So I think we see that where him being like a very hard worker, he's a person who's making all of the like ammo for them. Um, when they're fighting against the grounders. So he's clearly very smart and very hardworking. Mm -hmm. um, some of the other traits of Scorpio's sons are that they can come across as jealous and sarcastic. And I think like we do kind of see that with Jasper a little bit in his relationship with Octavia and then a bit with Maya as well of like him kind of being jealous of them getting along with other guys. Um, and he just kind of has like that sarcastic um, humor to him uh, when conversing with the other characters. And other traits of Scorpio sons are just that they make friends really easily and that mm -hmm. they are capable of extreme self-sacrifice. And I think both of those are true. Again, looking mainly at season two when he is in Mount Weather, he gets along really well with Maya and the other inhabitants of mount weather while also like being having that capacity for self-sacrifice because he you know he doesn't feel 
like he he's the first person who offers up his blood to them to help save Maya's life, which he didn't know what was going to come from that. And then eventually, like they do end up fighting back against whether from them taking their blood or their bone marrow. Um, but he is that kind of first person to offer that up in the hopes of saving this new friends of his life. So I feel like that's where that comes across with him. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. I think that I am definitely looking at this from a perspective of his like extreme depression that happens after season two. Because now this is a very big spoiler, um, so like plug your ears if you don't want this, I guess. But at the end of season two, Clark and Bellamy and Monty's also there, but he doesn't actually do it. Um, are faced with a switch in the control room that basically opens up Mount Weather, which has previously been very sealed off, like a survival bunker kind of situation, um, and irradiates the entire facility. So every single person who lived in Mount Weather, adults, elderly people, children alike, all died. Except for, like, two people that had been treated with the bone marrow from the hundred and were now immune to the radiation like they are, basically. Um, so Maya is obviously one of those people who dies, and from that point forward, Jasper is just super depressed, because of course he is. Because they were pretty serious in their relationship by the end of the season. No matter how quick that happened, like... It was almost instantaneous for them that they pretty much just, like, fell for each other. So he was horribly just depressed after that. <laughs> I'm very much pulling from that, which I think is less his actual traits and more just because of the issues that he's facing. So there's a lot in Sagittarius about, like, needing freedom and being restless and um, feeling emotional claustrophobia, which basically is Jasper not wanting to be close to anybody after that happens because he doesn't want anyone else to die and stuff like that. So I think it's, it's more so, I would go more for what you're saying, because I think that mine is very much focused on, like, the issues that he faces because of his mental health rather than his actual personality. Mm-hmm. And the the part you mentioned about, like, needing freedom and all that was actually, like, part of the reason I didn't end up going for Sagittarius uh -huh. or Sun. Because, like, you had them. I almost had Sagittarius, Sun, Scorpio, Moon. But uh -huh. I felt like that whole thing about freedom didn't really fit with Jasper because he was, for all intents and purposes, like, okay with just staying in Mount Weather forever. Yeah. Like, after they had been taken in by there. And they did have a pretty sweet deal from what it seemed like when they first entered there. So, like, he didn't really... He didn't feel the same way Clark did and where, like, they needed to get out of there immediately. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until he learned that they were literally going to harvest them to death that they wanted to leave. I hate the way you phrased that, but that is exactly what it is. Who was it that... Oh, it was Fox that they killed. Yes irrelevant character named fox who is a small girl um well, it's like fox and then like four or five other nameless 100 mm -hmm. members red shirts as so many people i know like to call them um 
But I, so I guess I'll talk a bit about why I had Sagittarius under moon. Mm -hmm. And I think like a lot of the traits that I wrote down were just about being, you know, independent, generous, idealistic, playful, optimistic. And I feel like those are all traits that Jasper exemplifies, you know, like again, talking again about the Mount Weather stuff. He's the idealistic and the optimistic one in that situation because he's talking about how, you know, up to that point, they've had to live off the land fighting with the grounders, always on the verge of losing their lives. And seemingly now they're in the situation where they're okay. They don't have to worry about that stuff anymore. So why and they not get stay there? Cake. <laughs> what did you say? I said, and they get chocolate cake. And they get chocolate cake. It was like a big selling point for him, if I remember right. It was, because they didn't <laughs> get chocolate on the Ark. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think I... I'm very inclined to just go along with what you're saying because i think it i think to be entirely honest jasper becomes a completely different character in seasons three and four um to a point where it's upsetting for me to watch because i adore him so much um so i think what you said with sagittarius uh or sorry scorpio sun sagittarius moon is how he really is and then it flip-flops after that okay because scorpio moon is all the broody um not wanting to trust anyone not wanting to open up to anyone jealousy and possessiveness which i think is seen a little bit like you were saying in terms of him getting a little jealous when octavia talks to other guys in the beginning and that kind of thing but a whole lot of the stuff is like holding on to stuff that happened in the past and not being able to let go of anything that was bad that happened and it said and like there's a line in there that says you must learn to let go or your help will suffer which his literally does i'm i'm trying so hard not to spoil but it's really hard for me to talk about the way that i chose things without doing so but yeah so i think i think you're right in terms of how he actually would be as a person normally in a situation that wasn't horrible <laughs> In a situation where he wasn't clinically depressed. <laughs> Correct. Uh, and what did you have for rising? Uh, I said Gemini. Okay. And I went that way because uh, the it's the adjectives are talkative, bright, and curious. And he's nothing if not talkative. Like, that boy does not shut up at the beginning. <laughs> and it <laughs> kind of... He puts his foot in his mouth a lot. Um, if I'm remembering... Wow, let me start that over. If I'm remembering right, he's the one that asks Octavia what she was arrested for, and she literally looks at him and just goes, being born, and walks away. So, that's what I mean. He just, he doesn't shut up, and it is bad sometimes for him. Um, but then there's, like, Gemini Rising has tons of energy, and does a whole bunch of things at once, which goes back to what you are saying about him being, like, the chemist for the for the hundred and like making the bullets and helping Raven when she's injured and can't do the things she needs to do. Um, also, he literally walks around with goggles on his head all the time, and he's just a giant nerd. So that's why I said Gemini. Right. What did you say? I called him a fucking dweeb. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I can see that. I'm probably more inclined to agree with you because I was just kind of, I had a bit of a hard time picking a rising sign for Jasper. Mm-hmm. Um, but I ended up going with Pisces and I decided on that one because a lot of the traits that were described with the Pisces rising was them seeming very friendly, kind to people, um, being a bit indecisive and not really knowing what they want to do. Mm-hmm. but being dedicated to the people that they're close to and also being a sentimental person. And I feel like that sentimental part goes along with what you were talking about, which is like kind of what leads to his like emotions and like mm-hmm. outward stuff changing after what happens with Maya and what happens with Mount Weather. Um, yeah. But even still, like I'm kind of leaning more to what you said just because I wasn't, I didn't have a lot of, reason behind like picking Mm -hmm. one it was just kind of one that I found that I thought fit the best for him yeah uh for me with this one it was like I read it and I was like okay yeah that's Jasper let's go moving on and it's literally just because of the line about boundless energy because he just I find it hilarious that we settled on the same sun and moon for him as for me because we are not the same (laughs) (laughs) like not at all um but i literally think that it's just the difference in rising that makes such a difference because he's very like energetic and granted gemini and libra are both air signs but they're very different (laughs) like gemini's all high energy and libra's all ah yeah so i think that's literally just the difference between us (laughs) So then for Jasper, we would have Scorpio Sun, Sagittarius Moon, and Gemini Rising. Yeah. All Fun right. fact, though. Um, Jasper is the only one on the 100 wiki that has a birth month listed. And it has him as a December, which puts him at either a Sagittarius or a Capricorn. Um, and I thought Capricorn was so incredibly incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> That I just literally went with Sagittarius because I didn't know what else to do. Um, and I thought it fit, but it fit, like I said, for like more of how he is in later seasons. Fair enough. So, when faced with those two options... Now, granted, I don't necessarily go by what the wiki says. He's, like I said, the only male character in the first two seasons that has any semblance of a birth date. Some of them have years and that's it. Some of them have nothing. So I wanted to kind of go off of it because of that. But it just doesn't seem right now that I think about it. All right. So I know that you have a lot to say about our next and final main character of the night. So why don't you introduce him? Okay, listen, I'm going to start off with a little bit of a disclaimer. It makes me seem like a horrible person. The amount with which I love John Murphy. (laughs) But I swear I'm not. I just think that he deserves so much more than he gets in this show. So in the first two seasons, Murphy... In the first two seasons, Murphy is the biggest asshole. He's pretty much the main antagonist within the hundred. Like, he constantly is picking fights with people. He kills, like, six people for no reason. Or because he thinks that he's protecting himself. And that's his whole thing, is that he just wants to protect himself, and then later himself and 
the very few people that he cares about. Um, Four people. It's like six. <laughs> but he, um, he's very self-serving from the get-go. Everything he does is to protect himself, and it stems from... He's been in prison since he was, I think, 11, because his parents were awful. His dad, I think, overdosed um, and died, and then his mom was, like, an alcoholic because of it and basically treated him like trash. So he set some stuff on fire and got arrested. And, of course, he was only 11, so he was put into prison instead of being floated out into space and murdered but yeah so he's really messed up for a lot of reasons and it shows i think like murphy is similar to other characters we've talked about with other shows um and other media you know like bender from breakfast club mm -hmm. or like catra from she-ra where like we obviously know the things that have happened to murphy and the reasons as to why he is the way he is, mm -hmm. it does not excuse the things that he does and the the bad things that he does that affect other people. Absolutely. The reason that I love him so much is because he is one of the only characters in the show that has a successful redemption arc. Like, all of these kids are prisoners, all of them are criminals. He is arguably one of the worst criminals in the group. And it shows very strongly in the way that he acts. Um, he's pulled up as second-in-command to Bellamy for a while. And for by a while, I mean two episodes until people think he murdered Wells when he didn't. But he, he, he had this awful childhood. Spent six years in a prison cell pretty much alone. And then kind of took advantage of being around people again and was kind of just awful because of it. But he really proves himself in later seasons to be trustworthy and then the characters just continue to just trash him for no reason. And this goes all the way through the entirety of the series when he has proved himself time and time and time and time again that he is dependable and that when he cares about someone, he will protect them to no end. But all of the people that he cares about continue to call him things like a traitor, and they call him cockroach for, like, the entirety of the show because of the amount of times that he almost dies and comes back. It's awful. It's horrible. And he deserves so much better. And he just never gets it. And that's why I like him so much. Also, he's, like, the quintessential morally gray character like like kevin was saying with catra with bender also um i'm watching lost right now and i've seen so many parallels between him and sawyer on that show so it's just that kind of he's that kind of character that is my favorite kind of character in any media ever and i could go on for a lot longer but i'm not going to because i feel like i've repeated myself like six times already <laughs> well why don't you let me know what you picked for Murphy's signs? Right. That's the thing we're supposed to be talking about. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I went for Leo, Sun, Aries, Moon, Scorpio, Rising. Okay. 
So you basically have the same ones that I initially had for Bellamy, just in a different order. Yeah. Um, I think mine might surprise you a little bit. I said Gemini Sun, Aries okay. Moon, and Taurus Rising. Taurus? Really? Interesting. I can't, I'm not surprised by Gemini. That was, um, that was one I was thinking about. I had a hard time with this one. Because he has so many nuances to his character, I had a really hard time picking signs. But that was one that I was going to look at. That Going to look at. That was one that I was going to put, that I looked at for a while, and then decided against. So, yeah. I mean, I have a pretty good idea as to why you picked Scorpio. Um, is that what you picked for his son, Scorpio? Uh, no, that was Moon Rising. Hang on. Rising. Scorpio was rising. I said Leo for sun. Okay. Why did you say Leo? Um, everything that this boy does is for attention. Because he didn't get any of it as a kid at all. So now he's 17 and has been starved for attention for at least a good seven or eight years, if not longer. So now he has... A hundred other people around him, 101 other people around him now that Raven is down there. And he takes great advantage of that. Everything that he does, even when he's, like, being accused of murder, he's still performing for everyone who's around him. He picks fights with people all the time just so that people will watch. He goes in to the like medicine medicine tent or whatever you want to call it and murders two people or murders one person and tries to kill someone else i think it was simply because they bullied him and everything that he does is for himself especially in the beginning so he's very self-centered which is a stereotypical negative quality of a leo however there's also parts about um being strong on the outside and being really sensitive inside and having their feelings easily hurt, which might be a little bit more of just me projecting, but I do think that the sensitive part comes from what I was saying about his past. Um, but he puts up a front because he has to. He feels like he has to. But he always wants to be the center of attention. And it says... so. This is the one thing that I disagree with here. It says mean and cruel acts are generally beneath them. But they do not hesitate to use force when needed. It's kind of the opposite for, for yeah. him. Everything... I would argue that he thinks it's needed. So he uses it more often than he should. Yeah, I see all of that with him. The reason I said Gemini... Um, and I think a lot of this has to do with the fact that I think... Um, there's like Gemini is that like twin sign so I think there's like mm -hmm. two different sides to Murphy I think like on one hand he can be very like friendly and charming and I think like he can pass himself off to other people as like very like approachable and easy to talk to um in the right situation as like a perceptive person but I mm -hmm. also think like he's very restless and he's hard to like really understand what's going on with him and that's why he can like kind of flirt between different groups of people in different situations really easily 
I mean, even yeah. just like the first two seasons, you know, he's outcasted by the group of 100 after he essentially kills Charlotte. And then, you know, he's captured by the grounders and interrogated by them, ending up like helping them find out things about the dropship and like the 100 camp and like what they like attacking them and killing them. So like he has that part to him. And then like in season two, he kind of goes back to being on the hundred side and like helping them out a bit and eventually goes away with Jaha to like go to, um, I don't even remember the name of the place, but the like city of light. the city of light. Um, and like, Which, by just... the way is a bunch of bullshit, but you don't find that out yet. <laughs> But, like, he he has that kind of, like, flitting between groups and, like, easily swayed kind of part of him. And Gemini's sons have that part where they're, like, they don't go very deep into relationships or, like, people around them or situations. They kind of float around with whatever is most convenient for them at the time. And I think, like, that is definitely true of Murphy, at least in the first two seasons. Agree with that for the first two seasons once imori becomes more of a relevant person that basically stops it's like what i was talking about how he goes from only caring about himself to caring about himself and the very few people that he actually loves and trusts and pretty much overall that's imori and it is just for the ever I know she's literally only in one episode of season two, but she becomes more relevant later, and they are basically in separate. I mean, even in just that one episode, like, in, like, the 15, 20 minutes that she's on screen, her and Murphy have a better relationship going on than Murphy. Exactly. Literally any other. Um, I have my feelings about their relationship, but talking about those feelings would, would spoil so much the first two seasons i think gemini is definitely there but i think like you said talking about his relationship with amori and like how that affects him even though i haven't seen it like that definitely probably sways him away from the gemini stuff and the leo stuff you were talking about is for sure in there with him mm-hmm. so all right so I kind of think either makes sense. I definitely think they're both in there somewhere, but not necessarily big three, just somewhere in his placement. I think both of them are in there. So I think it could be either. Okay. I'm good to say either Gemini or Leo. Okay. All right. And then we both had Aries for Moon. I think that one's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. This man is explosive. Like, he just, he has a lot of feelings, and then he just bottles them all up, and just goes back to being his, like, same asshole of a self, until something else sets him off. Like, he's he's fine in the beginning, and then he gets accused of killing Wells, and gets hanged, and then he gets mad, obviously. And then when Charlotte says, I did it, he immediately starts a... Like, is it wolf hunt? Is that the phrase? Basically. I don't know if that's exactly what they use, but that's what they do. (laughs) 
I don't know. It's something like that. Anyway, so he immediately is like, yep, we're going to hunt this child down and kill her. Because that's what happened here. They almost yeah. killed me for something that she did. So she's going to pay. Which um, is, like, horrible that, like, he wants to kill her. Right. It's awful. When you think of it from his perspective, they were perfectly okay with doing it to him. When they didn't even know for sure that he did it, they just assumed. Because he's an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Also, gotta love that he made a shank out of a piece of the ship. Yeah. And then put his initials on it. Um, but yeah, Ares is definitely, I, I can completely understand why we both picked that, yeah. you know, Ares moons react very quickly, very strongly, and then move on to something else. And they're not people who hide their emotions at all. Like, Murphy will let you know how he's feeling and make sure you know how he's feeling. Mm-hmm. But also doesn't like showing weakness and feels like he needs to always like assert his dominance which again goes back to the same kind of thing so yeah i think that one i'm not surprised we both said the same thing for that one yeah but then you were surprised a little bit about my choice for taurus for rising yeah and the reason that i said taurus there is because i feel like you know again thinking about what I was saying for Gemini and like how you can kind of see different faces of Murphy. I feel like from an outside perspective of not really knowing him, like Taurus risings tend to appear like reserved, but matter of fact and like how they talk and act that mm -hmm. they can be resourceful, but also self-indulgent that they're very like focused around what is going to serve them. Um, and also being like a hard worker and practical and I feel like Murphy is that kind of person where like he is very hard working and like can get what he wants and knows what he needs to do to get his way not always to successful ways but he's going to make sure that he does the actions necessary to try to get what he wants um and the other traits that were under Taurus Rising some of the negative ones were like stubborn and prejudiced and I feel like that's kind of true for Murphy in a way you know he is a very stubborn person when he doesn't get what he wants or when things aren't working out in his in his favor and while I don't think he's prejudiced in the way of like being like racist or like being like completely against people because I just think of like his and Emery's first interaction where he's extremely accepting of her um, I not just think, calling like, her Emory. Emory, sorry, she was in one episode. Um, I just said it like six times, though. <laughs> still, um, I do think he's prejudiced in the way of like the way the world works is how John Murphy wants it to work, not how anybody else d d um, deems it to work. In that kind of way, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think I get what you're saying. I said Scorpio, and I think, again, it's more towards of, like, the latter half of the show, especially. But I do see some aspects of it in the beginning as well. Mostly, like, when he comes back with that virus. When he, after he's been, like, tortured by the grounders and had his fingernails forcibly removed, um, among other things. He also was injected with this 
toxin of some sort that sprung a virus throughout the, the camp and the dropship and killed a bunch of people. And he, from that point, like, was very quiet and didn't want to say much about what had happened. And that could partially just be the trauma. But also, I do think he is a very mysterious person sometimes. Um, until he opens his mouth. And then you know exactly what's happening. So that's where I went with that. But I would be more apt to lean towards what you were saying. Um, I think it's, again, one of those situations where it could be one or the other. Because I also see what you're saying in there about like him kind of seeming mysterious until he opens his mouth. But yeah, I think I'm okay with saying that would be another one of those, one or the other. Because Murphy's a complex little guy. To think about... Like, there's so much. And also, I read so much fan fiction with him in it that I have a really hard time deciding what's real and what's not. <laughs> this is the same problem I had with Raven last week. Mm-hmm. Can on. you guess who I ship? I read a lot of fan fiction about Raven and about Murphy. Can you guess who I ship? Yes. Yes, I can. So for Murphy, then, we would have either a Gemini or a Leo Sun. A very obvious Aries moon, and a Taurus or a Scorpio rising. Yeah, I like that we have no idea for this poor boy. Except for that he is explosive and an Aries moon. To move on to some side characters who I also may have no idea for a few of them. Um, Let me guess, you don't know what to say about Miller? Yeah. Yeah. Um, more than I had to say for what's-her-face from last week, um, Harper, but still not a whole lot. That was my bad. Um, so do you want to talk about our, our first side character? This is another one of those characters that I could say a lot about, except for it's all bad this time. We're going to talk about, uh, Chancellor Thelonious Jaha, which is a mouthful of a name. He... You don't meet him really until like a couple episodes in because Bellamy shot him and he was unconscious for the first couple episodes. But he then proves himself to be annoying and kind of a terrible leader, to be honest. Very much so. Also, he's portrayed by Isaiah Washington, who is horrible in his own right. So I just double hate him. But anyway, I had him as an Aquarius. Okay, I had him as a Libra. Um, I I said Aquarius because the whole thing about like being friendly but detached and being aloof. I feel like that's pretty much the only thing that I could say that's relatively positive about this man. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> he um. Like, he gets along with people, and he tries to defend his ideas a lot, and doesn't li- he doesn't like to argue, but he still does it yeah. all the time. Also, I should have started with this, but for these ones, we're only talking about their sun sign, and only saying, like, a few words for each of them, and we don't have to necessarily agree. Yes. The reason I said Libra for Jaha is because, one, I think he is such a horrible leader, and I think, like, he flips flops back and forth. And, you know, the Libra oh, being 
the sign of, of the scales and like pros and cons. I feel like he makes a lot of decisions that he thinks are good or that he thinks is because something worse is going to happen. And nine times out of 10, he's making the wrong decision. Um, like when he kills 350 people for no reason? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's why I saw him as a Libra. That makes sense. I get you. Our next character is Kane, who is one of the other um, like chancellor or um, judicial members on the arc. He is like kind of the he's kind of seen as like an antagonist in season one a bit, but then mm-hmm. ends up like redeeming himself a bit and like working with Abby and Jaha to like save as many people on the arc as possible and to get them down to earth. Um, and then like helping Abby try and run the new colony down on earth um, with the arc survivors. But for him, I had Aquarius and it's actually for the same reasons you said Aquarius for Jaha, Mm -hmm. but like he has that kind of like kind, but aloof and then like, yeah, kind, but aloof and then like distant personality, but Mm -hmm. he's not necessarily indifferent to others. And he cares more about like, humanity as a whole rather than any one particular individual yeah i forgot to mention that part about jaha too because he his whole thing is like i want to do what's good for everyone except for he's actually just doing what's good for himself in the moment Um, i feel like city of light and all that good stuff yeah i feel like kane more so than jaha care actually cares about like the best for the people rather than yeah for like what benefits him i agree um i went for capricorn for kane a lot of the stuff for capricorn is like they're kind of the stereotypical workaholic person very organized and methodical and traditional in their beliefs which just makes me think of all of the times that he tries to get abby arrested and floated in the first season Because he's upholding these laws that have been laws for 97 years. And Abby's just like, well, you see, things are changing, so stop. But then there's also, like, it says on the negative side they can be worried, retaliatory, pessimistic. And I think he's all of those things as well. But he doesn't want to be, he doesn't want to fail, he doesn't want to do anything wrong. And he takes it very, very personally, if I remember right, when he realizes that they didn't have to do the culling and kill all those people. He he, he was like, this was my fault. This was my decision in the end. And I'm, like, really sorry about it. That kind of a thing. So that's what I said. Um, all right. Do you want to talk about Finn? <laughs> I like that you're giving me all the people I hate to talk about. <laughs> Um, so Finn, he got arrested for, again, for something he didn't do, but he took the fall for Raven, who was his girlfriend at the time, because she went out spacewalking and, you know, wasted oxygen that they needed, um, and he basically, he put the spacesuit on, and he took the fall for her, because he was still 17, but she was already 18, so she would have died, and he got arrested instead. So he, he he seems like a really great guy, but then he gets down to Earth and just completely forgets about the fact he has a girlfriend and immediately starts up a romance with Clark, 
which lasts all of like three episodes until Raven comes down and immediately sees him and starts making out with him. And he's just like, because <laughs> he got caught in his tracks, caught red handed. And, you know, he he's one of the only people that actually, like, goes along with what Clark is saying in the beginning. Because, you know, he thinks she's pretty. But also he hates Bellamy. And that's basically the whole reason why he doesn't want to listen to him. Um, and then in season two, he kind of goes crazy. And then he dies. And then he gets killed. Rightfully. Because he murdered, like, 40 people with a machine gun. <laughs> Yeah, um, I said cancer for sure. I also did. I had cancer or Libra written down, but I was leaning more towards cancer. I feel like it's just that, like, emotionally, like, crazy part of cancer where, like, you can be up one minute and, like, completely different emotion another minute. Yeah. Like, the fin that we see in season one compared to the Finn that we see when he thinks Clark could possibly be dead, is, like, a completely different person. Oh, yeah. There's a line in here that says, Cancer natives must learn to release their loved ones to live their own lives. And that's just, yeah. Yep. Clearly Finn didn't learn that lesson. <laughs> um, the reason that I looked at Libra was um, less about the indecisiveness and more about the fact that they are one of the double signs. Happiest in partnerships. Always needs to be in a relationship, Mr. Finn Collins. But also, like, I don't think that's accurate because there's a lot of stuff about the indecisiveness. And that's pretty much the main thing about Libra Sun is, like, wanting to just make everyone happy and see both sides of an argument. And what Finn does is he doesn't even listen to the other side. He just shoots people. Yeah. So I'm going to say cancer, too. <laughs> He shoots first, does not ask questions later. Alright, our next character is Lincoln, who is one of the first grounders that we meet who actually communicates with the Sky People. Um, he forms a relationship with Octavia, and they get along really well, and they really trust each other. And he, he kind of, like, defects from the grounders in order to help her survive and, like, help her and the other members of the hundred like not die from all the grounder attacks but for lincoln i said aquarius um let me my phone locked on me one second i said virgo okay i said aquarius kind of for similar reasons as to why i said it for kane um and it's because i think that he now, this one might not be entirely true because he does care most for one particular individual, that being Octavia. But I do think that, like, he cares about people as a whole and doesn't really discriminate between sky people and grounders. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I went Virgo because there's a lot of stuff about, like, purity and detail-oriented type of, of people. And I think I see that in, like, the way that he tries to analyze the situation and the conflict between the Grounders and Sky Crew and make the whole thing work. So he, he doesn't ever, like, relax and just, like let things happen it has to be in control and it has to all make sense 
He literally pretends he doesn't know English for however long because he's trying to protect Octavia but doesn't want to add to the conflict, I guess is what I'll say. There's, like, stuff about being worrywart in Virgo, and I definitely think he is, at least in terms of Octavia, he wants to constantly protect her, and he worries that she's gonna get hurt, especially in that period of time before when he rescues her, in the period of time before he reveals that he knows English. I said, I want you to talk about one of our last, both of our last two characters, but the first one I know you have a special feeling for, which is Monty. You know how I said I had three baby boys in this show? Monty is the third one. He's absolutely precious. Um, like I said earlier, him and Jasper grew up together. They're best friends. Um, they got arrested at the same time for the same reason. He... <laughs> because they're stoners. <laughs> um, but he's like the... He's the, the technology guy um, in The Hundred... So he spends a lot of the first season trying to reconfigure the wristbands that they were given to be able to communicate with the Ark, um, rather than just sending up their vital signs. And he tries and tries and tries all these different things, and it doesn't always it doesn't work for a long time. Um, but he's he's really like the gentlest character. That exists, I think. He's a sweet boy. He's such a little baby. He's I love him so much. Um, he was my favorite character for a while. And then Murphy overtook that for all of the reasons I said before. But he... <laughs> he's just such a sweetie. He wants the best for everyone. He wants no conflict. Even though he ends up kind of being the reason that everyone in Mount Red... What? Bleh, even though he ends up kind of being the reason that everyone in Mountweather dies because he's the one who hacks the system so Clark and Bellamy can pull the switch. But yeah, he just, he doesn't want anything bad to happen, ever. I love him. Um, I also love him. I said he was a Virgo. Um, I said Taurus. So I said Virgo because of all that analytical stuff you were talking about. I think that that makes sense. I went for Taurus because of the aspect of wanting to work with their hands and doing things slowly, but always getting it done, being reliable. I think there's a line about, again, with the materialistic thing, um, being needing possessions and material things and being that being important to them. I think that's less about, again, objects and more about like his ability to be significant to the group um so his yeah. technology and then later he he becomes like the gardener more or less for the group that's oh. left <laughs> um this is season six stuff i think so or no season five stuff so i'm not gonna talk too much about it he's but like basically lesbian. what he's like a cottage core lesbian wait stop it <laughs> But yeah, so basically, he ends up being, he he starts a farm of algae for them to feed off of at one point. And then there's also like a an underground garden that they end up using, and he is responsible for that. So he grows all of the food 
that they could ever need. Monty would absolutely thrive at Stardew Valley. Oh my god, stop it. Yeah, so he's he's just a he's just a sweetie baby who wants to help and likes plants. Yeah, I feel like like either of our ter- interpretations could be taken depending on how you look at his like work stuff. Yeah. I think both are definitely in his placement somewhere. Definitely. It's just a matter of where. Um, and then our last character we're going to talk about is Miller, who I'll have you talk a bit about. I thought he was much more useful in season two than he actually appears to be. But Nathan Miller is, he's basically like one of the guards in the beginning. He doesn't have a huge role in the first season other than to hold gun and look angry. Hold gun, look angry. Yeah, he's one of the people that gets taken into Mount Weather in season two. And he is um, a thief. Like, that's why he got arrested, was because he, he stole something. And he... so he basically uses his, like, lockpicking slash thief skills in Mount Weather to help the group escape or whatever they intend to do at the time i it's been ages since i've seen season two so i don't remember exactly what it is but basically his use in the first two seasons is to be that like person that is helpful in the background later in the show he becomes like a bigger part but he's another one of those characters that i think is criminally underused like i said about raven in the beginning of this episode I think his actor is incredibly talented. He's also the only recurring character who's uh, a gay man. So there's that as well. And yeah, there's a lot of things I can't say without spoiling. So I'm going to stop. <laughs> just tell you that I had him down as an Aries. Okay. That's probably a lot more accurate because you probably know a lot more about his character than I do. Um, I only said Taurus, and that was because of that whole, like, lockpicking stuff and being, like, mm-hmm. hands-on, hard worker kind of person. For me, I feel like Miller gives me, like, maybe soccer player vibes. Okay. <laughs> in, in a, like, if he were in this universe, he'd be, like... A pro soccer player i feel like and that is only relevant because there's a th- whole thing about athleticism with aries but again like i said his whole job in the beginning is to hold gun look angry so i think it that is, also is is relevant it is a job he does well yeah nothing else but have they have trouble sitting still they're impatient which is something that you would see more in later seasons the impatient aspect Sun and Aries also enjoys a challenge, hence the thievery. And And that's all I've got to say. You know, they got that Angie spirit. Angie. Yeah, I can see that. How many times can we say that word in this recording? Probably at least five more times. It's been at least six already. (laughs) All right. Well, that concludes our episode on the 100 and our two episode run on the hundred actually um i have a much deeper appreciation for this show now than i did before 
Um, there are a lot of times Mickey would tell me about things that happened in the show or try to talk about characters in it. And I was so lost because this show is honestly a fucking, uh, psychotic series of events sometimes. Um, right. But Especially I, the last two seasons, Yes, I don't like them. I probably won't watch the last two seasons. Don't do it. But I definitely want to watch more going forward, and I really like what I've seen so far. So I definitely recommend it if anybody in the audience was just listening and was trying to make up their mind on wanting to watch The 100 or not. I would definitely recommend at least watching the first couple of seasons. Yeah. Season two was the peak for me, but honestly... So I... (laughs) I know I just said literally 30 seconds ago, don't watch the last two seasons. However, I do think if you want to get a majority of of sort of the character elements of some of them, like Octavia and Murphy especially, the last two seasons give you a lot more insight into them. And Amori as well, even though she's a smaller character. So I would recommend at least reading a synopsis of what happens in the last two seasons so that you get it and maybe like watching it through once but if you ever watch it again i recommend not watching the last two seasons because <laughs> they are chaos to say the least one of my favorite episodes of the entire series is in season six but that is the only episode in season six that i actually fully enjoyed <laughs> um so I think I've said enough about that. All right. Well, um, before I do a little uh, introduction for what our episode next week is going to be, I want to thank everybody for listening today. Um, if you, if this is your first episode checking out with us, I definitely recommend checking out our other episodes so far. We've done stuff on Black Friday by Starkid, She-Ra and the Princesses of Power, and um, on... Uh, why am I blanking on stuff that we do? The Breakfast Club. Yep, the She-Ra and the Princesses of Power and The Breakfast Club. So definitely check out any of those if those fit your fancy. And here's a little thing to introduce what our next week's episode is going to be on. Hey, do you like high school? Do you like prom? Do you like homophobia? Do you like James Corden playing a gay man even though he's straight? Well, then you're going to absolutely love the prom. A Netflix adaptation of a musical where they spend way too much time focusing on characters you don't care about while also ignoring the actual gay couple that's in the film. Join Mickey and I next week where we talk about Netflix's The Prom. I forgot that's what we were covering next week. (laughs) So I was very confused when you started talking. Yeah, I'm going to have a lot of negative things to say in that episode, so if... I generally have a lot of negative things to say about James Corden, so. (laughs) If dunking on um, really bad adaptations of musicals is your thing, uh, definitely join us for next week's episode. But until then, I hope you guys have a great week, and I hope it's not too stressful. And have a great week. Thank you for listening. And watch The 100. Yes, go and watch The 100. Bye. Yeah. Bye.
Thank you for listening to Who's Got the Sign. If you like the episode, consider giving us a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us spread our audience to more people. If you have any questions, suggestions, or just general thoughts, feel free to send them to Who's Got the Sign, no question mark, at gmail.com. If you'd like to follow us on social media, our Twitter is at who's got the underscore sign, and our Instagram is at who's got the sign.